Welcome to FFC Top 3, a show where we, your FFC host, count things down from three to number one. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have a suggestion for a top three, be sure to drop us a note on Twitter. That is honestly the best way to get a hold of us. I had somebody with a really great suggestion for a top three that we're probably going to do coming up. Hit us up at Focus Fire Chat on Twitter. This week, because of Shadow Keep and because of lives being crazy, we're going to do our top three moments from Shadow Keep. And in the hot seat tonight, we have my good buddy, Wicked Jester, joining us. And I'm going to make you go first, Wicked. So, what is your number three moment from Shadow Keep release? Uh, my number three moment from Shadowkeep would be the the minute I showed up on the moon and people started screaming at me, where all these random patrols were shooting by through my sparrow. And it was sweetened a little bit when Raz, or you guys know, uh, who's in the chat right now, uh, I was in party with her one day, and I actually got to listen to her shriek on the mic when we drove past, and one of them basically leapt out at her and was like, help me, and did that little line. And she, you could tell that she practically pissed herself. It was great. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Just walking around. She's the very right excited now about you people... sharing that story, apparently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a little she's bit. loving it right now. A little bit. You may be in a little bit of trouble. It's okay. She got me back. I think her, her third probably moment would be when the, uh, all the little flying bombs blew me up around the corner and I screamed like a little girl. So. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, for sure. Blue is taking up our number two slot. What is your number three Shadowkeep moment? Uh, Really, honestly, just the renewed interest of the community and having all the new, uh, like, the influx of of new players. Yeah, I think it was was crazy because I think they said that they are hitting, like, two million players or mm-hmm. something like just ridiculous mm-hmm. and 41 percent of them are on steam which is really cool uh um, yeah you know I, I i just i like seeing i i like seeing i will get into my other thoughts on shadow keep but i like seeing the community get you know passionate again because we were we were kind of in a lull there for a moment and so oh, seeing yeah. that seeing that is just really I just I like seeing the the excitement again. Yeah, that is that has been really nice. I mean the, with the excitement we're also getting a little bit of salt because Well, yeah, but it's the it's, internet. It's so. normal. Yeah. But my number 3 t- Shadowkeep moment, which is a, kind of amusing because it happened the other day and I'm Fairly certain Wicked was witness to this one. And uh, it was actually my favorite Crucible map from D1. Got removed from D1 at one Mm. point. And everybody was just like, oh, no. It was like the biggest. It was the best sniping map. Because they actually had space to snipe. And there were so many lanes. Like, it was too terribly ridiculous to try to, like, walk through the map without just getting your head taken off. And they don't have it as a Crucible map. In Shadowkeep, but you can walk through the old first light map, essentially. It's a little bit different, but it is so stinking close. Like, a lot of the same tunnels, a lot of the same points, 
are still there. The dome, it's a golden dome. It was the map on the moon that you can get your sparrow out and kind of race through the map while in a crucible match. And it was, it was a ton of fun. One of my favorite ones, but yeah, I discovered it as I was going back through and I was collecting the ghosts last night while in audio chat with wicked and walking through, I was like, wait a second. I remember this. I know where I'm at. This is awesome. And it's just kind of been that whole recognizing going to our old stomping grounds as a D one player. It feels really good to have that muscle memory of being like, Oh, I remember where world's grave is, or I know where this is. And just like know the routes to get down there because it's the same map. That feels so, so good to be able to pull that information back out. So that is certainly my number three. What do you guys think about that? Like, has being on the moon been kind of a nice, refreshing thing since all three of us played D1? You go first, Luke. No. No? Okay. Okay. Honestly, for me, it's been been just straight-up nostalgic. It's, uh... I, I love the moon. I spent a lot of time on the moon. Uh, and Green and I played together. They, I can, I've pretty much got the entire moon area memorized uh, from D1 as far as all the under underground maps, where to go, which way to turn for the world's grave versus uh, the actual proto and all that good stuff. So uh, it's been very nostalgic and kind of taking me back to the old D1 days and then seeing just how much has changed with this new installment. The, the there's obviously the uh, the progression and the architecture that's fallen apart and changed everything throughout the actual campaign or while we've been gone with uh, the Fallen having moved in and some of the structures. And now you've got the new hive growth that's actually taking over some of the old structures. Because um, I was looking at that today with the, the, the red hive growth that's actually making the buildings was actually consuming or looked like it was enveloping the original structures that were there in D1. Yeah. It was really, really creepy and nostalgic and, yeah, spikes, For sure. lots of spikes. Okay, Blue, I need you to explain a little bit more why no. <laughs> um, was it just, like, did you not spend a lot of time on the moon or, like, not a huge fan of the moon or? Uh, no, it's not even, it's not really that. It, uh, it brings back nostalgia for me uh, of Rise of Iron. Which okay. is basically when I took a break for six months because I couldn't stand the game. Um, That's fair. I am not a fan of the mechanics, uh, just plain and simple. I don't. I'm not a. I nothing against the mechanics. I I think that from like a systematic standpoint, I understand them. Uh, I see the benefits of them. Uh, just personally, I don't care for them. Um, still love the story. I have a few issues with the direction that they're going in uh just but that's neither here or there we'll probably get into that a little bit later um mm-hmm. but i mean the the comes down to the fact is like the uh my schedule in reality is not conducive to the amount of time that i feel is necessary to maintain even a single character in destiny any longer, uh, which is sad, uh, because it feels really, really like those of us who have to be given a choice between reality and, and, you know, video games, uh, 
to be blunt, it feels like you're getting edged out, um, which I know is probably not the intent, but that's how it feels. Uh, I've, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan of the mechanics. Uh, I don't really enjoy the, the way that the game feels any longer, I guess is the best way to explain it. Um, but again, like, I mean, green and I, so, and this is like full disclosure. This is something that we'll probably talk about in the regular episode too. Uh, mm-hmm. green and I have kind of had this conversation back and forth because to be honest, I've, I've not played destiny Two really at all. Uh, because I, when I jumped in, it was like, I was like, Oh, okay. Yep. All right. I'm done. And I just went and started playing something else because it was like, this is, this is the obviously me slamming my head against the wall um because they are they it it feels like they are doubling down on the community aspect of the game which again completely and utterly fine i love it i love seeing like i like i said like the communities uh getting involved community the the building of the social thing that's awesome cool i don't play games for that reason um i actually don't like playing games that require me to have to be with a team in order to enjoy them. Uh, that's actually quite uh, stressful for me personally. Uh, and so for me, it was like, I liked Destiny because you could still have a degree of that power fantasy and that that fun when you're playing solo. Uh, and that's just really not the case any longer. Um, I mean, so from a, mechanic, from a mechanic standpoint, sadly, it's kind of like, all right, well guess that's where we are is it a is it the fact that things like the vex offensive and the haunts and everything are basically like strikes or fire team oriented where you have not you don't have to have a fire team to go in there yeah i actually don't mind the vex and i think you and i were talking about this yesterday mm -hmm. um i actually don't mind the vex offensive because it's just short enough to and i i mean again solo being a solo cure I understand that I am coming into the game with a disadvantage. I've always understood that. And that's always, I've always just kind of been like, I've kept my, I kept my opinion about mechanics and and game play for the most part, really quiet because I understand that I don't play the game the way that it's very much obviously intended by the designers to be played. Um, And, and the thing is, is like at the end of the day, uh, you know, designers can tell you, Oh, we want to, we want to let you play however you want to play. Like, it's all well and good, but honestly, there is a there is a desired play style that you've designed a game for. Uh, solo queuing is very, in at least in my opinion, is becoming very clearly not that play style for Destiny, uh, which is sad because that's the play style I I adamantly play. I don't. It's it's not. I mean, like it's not like oh I prefer it. No, I I pretty much only play solo. Like there's like maybe two or three people that I am willing to play like with. Uh, and, and, and again, it's, it's not, um, it's, it's literally all on me. Like that's my choice because when I get into a group, it's extremely stressful for me. Um, and I don't play games to be stressed. (laughs) If that makes sense. I play games to get away from stress. Um, so like, so for me being forced into a component of a, of a, a a mechanic that I'm not a, not a fan of, and that causes me anxiety, uh, is 
is counterproductive, if that makes sense. Um, the Vex offensive, actually, I really actually don't mind because the thing is, is like with um, uh, the Vex offensive, it really harkens back to uh, the Infinite Forest with the, uh, what what was it, the Revelry, where you're running through the mm-hmm. Infinite Forest. It was mm-hmm. like a really, it was a really cool combination. Uh, well, to me, it felt like it was a really cool combination of that, and then also a bit of the EAZ that I didn't hate, uh, which was like the mini bosses. So like there was like this really cool, really cool thing because most people like there was a huge amount of like dislike for the EAZ. <laughs> okay, let me let me reiterate. I effing hated the EAZ. Okay, but it was not. It was not because of it. It was. Because of the wonky, janky way that it seemed to be setting up matchmaking. Okay. Because, and and the thing is, is like, again, the problem that I had with it was that it was too easy to just idle farm it. And so as a solo cure, I didn't have a team. So I was always getting matched with people who would just stand there, which I'm sorry, but if you've ever run the EAZ solo, it's a it it's sucks. a pain. Oh, yeah. And it was a slog to get anything out of it. And I did it. I mean, like I I mean I I, man, I but it, it burned me out. And that's where I kind of started getting burnt out with Destiny 2 was because and then on on top of that that's also about the time that I got caught up with Black Armory to the point where I was running the Forges, which were going through the same thing. So I was getting, and and again, I full disclosure, I understand that solo queuing is not the ideal way, but that's what I was. That's what I was playing for hours because right. that's what it required in order for me to maintain the achievement progress to be okay with like whatever this this you know whatever milestone was mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that's actually what i like about the vex offensive is that i think they i think bungie did an amazing job in seeing that that detrimental Feedback. situation yeah. and 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 uh and fixing it they they have done an amazing they fixed the uh what is it the forges now uh they mm-hmm. i think i saw they revamped the the matchmaking piece which is awesome i love it it's sad because i'm already done with most of them but i mean it's, it's nice it, that they're learning it is what it is you're right, you're right no it is it is what it is i don't hold i don't hold grudges against them i'm just like i'm like oh, eh. yeah it's just it's a learning experience that's what this this entire experiment is um but yeah so like but but the cool thing about the vex offensive i think is that it takes the best of both of those and then it combines it with the matchmaking lessons learned and I think they've. I think, in my opinion, I, I really do think that that's a that's a really fun activity. It's it's short enough mm-hmm. to be, um, not super stressful. Sloggy. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's not it's not like you. It's yeah. It's not a slog, but it it's got that it's got that pop to just be like minor strikes. Like I think you kind of hit it right that it's like miniature strikes. And it's just like mm-hmm. it's it's just fun. I haven't I have I've run into a couple people who have been farming it, which is it's frustrating, but it is but the other nice thing is it's a six group. Mm-hmm. So the likelihood mm-hmm. of giving an entire group who's just standing around is very low. Whereas with EAZ it was three. And even I think Infinite Forest was three too, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yes. I think it was that. Yes, it was. So like even there and even there we had a couple of, thankfully I've only had like I never really got like a super 
laggy group in infinite forest runs but eaz was horrible like i mean it was yeah it was just bad from a solo queuing perspective like it was just i had people who uh would be involved like i mean i had the whole thing like i had people who ran uh they they loaded in and didn't do anything um and then we had people who would load in with us they would kill like two or three they're farming the mini bosses basically but then as soon as the major boss drops they were just they just booked it and this sucks yeah. because yeah, the thing the thing the thing that seemed to happen was if they did that matchmaking wouldn't kick in um for like five or ten minutes and i'm i have the personality where i'm like no i'm in a fight i'm in, i'm again a firefight like this is i'm gonna finish this and especially because at that point you don't have like a time thing and i don't know it was con- convergence of a lot of different things but um yeah, like this this Vex offensive I think I think hit the sweet spot for that particular activity. Nice. I, I really do. And I and I'll be honest, like the patrols on the Mars, like I've been having a lot of fun just hunting down Toland and like capturing the quotes from Toland. There's some really good stuff from him. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I do I do like the the workaround that they did this time with the patrols. Um, I'm interested to see how that develops, uh, especially after the season, because the development there. Um, I'm going to be curious if they're going to keep the Phantoms or if they're going to replace the Phantoms with other things. I don't so know. Do something more up to date. Perhaps. So let's go to number twos. We're going to have a lot more discussion, I imagine, <laughs> on these on these different topics that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, All yeah. right, Wicked. Wicked, number two for you. Okay, uh, my number two was, in reality, it's the culmination of the entire first mission. Um, just because there was a lot of mixed, a lot of mixed feelings that came with the and mixed realizations that came with the first mission, but ultimately, the big reveal was my number two big uh, moment. The uh, reveal walking, of the pyramid. Yes, walking around the corner and then that immediate jolt where they take all control away from you being able to just rush through the mission. And it's like, no, no, you're going to slow down and and appreciate this. (laughs) Unless you're a striker Titan with (laughs) the missile, the code of the missile, and you can just catapult yourself through the barrier and be like, "Ah not not even to that point, not even getting that far to that point, but just that uh, initial like you're the first one. running through, you see the phantoms over the downward tor- or downward leaning ledge of the moon, and right as you turn that corner, like I, I was streaming it um, whenever we uh, the game launched, and I sat there for a good two three minutes. My character didn't move. The stream was silent, and I was like, "You gotta be you be kidding me!" <laughs> I was just like. Why is this here? What well, what what could right. possibly be the explanation for this? I mean, talk about something <laughs> the last thing you expect to be on the moon. Right? So uh, and and when you're sitting cuz I mean, uh the lore discussions we've had inside of FFC's chat talk we've talked about, you know, this is the key, you know, Eris says, "Oh, she found it and it, it's been down here this whole time." I'm sitting here, she's talking about at the moment in that lore card, she's talking about something that she found inside of a chest. And then you're hearing, oh, this has been down here for all this time. It's been here. I'm sitting there thinking it's something small, like some little hive artifact, maybe potentially at most as big as a person. 
we come around and there's an entire ship inside the moon. And the first thought in my head was one, why is that here? And then the second thought in my head was how long has this thing been here? And just all of it just starts piling in and making more and more sense. It's just like, Oh my God, we are such idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about the way they can write it is they can set you up to think one thing and then totally take it away from you the next. Uh huh. But like just that whole mission is such a, a run of gambit of emotions. Um, I mean, you, you guys both know that my military background mm-hmm. and like the, that initial launch where it's, Hey, we are landing on the moon and we are taking it. Like that's legit. How uh, without obviously the separation from your squad and everything else, but that is legit. How you see combat something where it's, we're inserting you in, we're putting you in this, in this position we have established a beachhead. You're going to push. You're going to hold the beachhead. Once we've established a foothold, you're going to push in and move forward. Mm-hmm. And seeing the ground, the foot soldiers, the actual red jacks there with supporting fires, the aerial bombardments coming in, like it really, really brought that feeling of, holy cow, we're really going to war with the moon. <laughs> so it was, it was a really incredible feeling where. You're literally fighting. You're you're fighting in a war at that point, and it's obvious around you because you're seeing things that you don't normally see in Destiny. You're yeah. experiencing missions and these little offshoots of hey, these red jacks are actually taking out acolytes. They're actually damaging them. Which number one, that was something that we didn't run into where NPCs were actually killing the bad guys. That mm-hmm. much. So actually seeing the Red Jacks firing rocket launchers and stuff over the enemy's shoulders, that was great. And then punching in, seeing the Shadow Keep, we're all expecting, you know, the Shadow Keep and all that stuff, going down into the structures. Um, but then to finally dig down deep into the hive structure, only to come across this massive, and from the looks of it, barren, not really built up cave at all. It's just completely rock, left alone, nothing else. And then that sitting in the middle of it. it just, Makes you wonder. Yeah, it was just a complete shock to the system at that point. Really, you got to be wondering, like, you in that position, you got to just be sitting there staring at it like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no way. Yeah. So that was, that was my second moment. Uh, second favorite moment in that. Uh, nice. Uh, Blue, number two for you? Uh, kind of going outside of the game again, but the new light system and then the cross save, I think, are my mm-hmm. number two. Uh, again, because it ties into what my number three, the, compu- the community, like it, it, it brings in... Uh, in a really good way. I've I've actually talked to a number of people who are actively going or who are actively playing Destiny Two again because it's free to play, mm-hmm. uh, which I I think is really cool. I I mean, you know, my feel my my personal opinions aside, I think that's really cool that that's that's what the intent was and it succeeded amazingly successfully. Like I I think it's it's kind of I think blown the water blown out of the water even from their expectations. Um, mm-hmm. which is just awesome to see. Yeah. It's yeah, been nice to... Go ahead. 
I said it's it's been nice to a uh, see people jumping on different platforms and helping people out when they can. Um, I've hopped over to PC a few times and helped Cole out and been able to just hop right back over to PS4 and do just kind of be at home on PS4. Haven't turned on my Xbox yet. I'm kind of scared to. I, I think it might explode, guys. It's been a long time since I turned on my Xbox. Sorry. Maintenance and upkeep has not been performed. Sorry, Blue. It's okay. But, okay, good. It's, it's double XP on infection. You're no. I mean, infection. I'm. I'm more. I'm more apt to be okay with infection because I at least understand the game type. But it, if it was double XP on Super Fiesta, I it would have been like, no. Oh yeah, I would. I I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. Don't, I wouldn't don't even ask. Do that. Yeah, I wouldn't even yeah. ask. Gosh, yeah. Super Fiesta can just go bleep itself. Even I have. Even I have heard the tales of this. It's amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I think it's only amazing to you to watch me just be like, I don't know what this does. Bang, bang type thing. It's just, I I mean, to be fair, that's, that's kind of what everyone does is what's this do? Kaboom. Oh, that's what this does. Okay. It's the randomness that makes it fun. It's the, it's the, uh, it's the Coulson. It's the agent Coulson from Avengers moment. I've never even fired Uh this, but I'm really curious about what it does. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, the thing is, is like when okay, I'm gonna go on a tirade on this. <laughs> watching, watching Blue and his brother Ben in Super Fiesta, who have played Halo for an extended period of time, way more than I have, who knows what some of these special weapons are. And there's like these weird names for the special random weapons. And they're like, I got this. And I'm like, I don't even know what the names the are. The only on the one screen. you need to worry about is the answer. If you ever hear us yell, the answer, just run, just get out of the way of whoever <laughs> has it. And I couldn't tell you what kind of weapon is it it's is. It's the flamethrower machine gun that eats everything flame it's terrifying it's it's absolutely trying to picture this and coming up with some very weird so it's basically so in destiny parlance it's basically a heavy machine gun with uh what's the d2 the dragonfly explosive rounds Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that that's the answer so but instead of having to (laughs) instead of having like precision kills activated it's It's just just the bullet yeah it's just the bullets activate every it's just oh my my gosh yeah pins pins is like the most op weapon in destiny type oh no no it's amazing unless you don't have it unless the other person has it (laughs) because you can oh my god like we we've picked people off across maps that are they're like sniping and we're like dead that sounds like mythical last year one oh my gosh yeah yeah it would would be very similar to mythical last yeah oh my gosh but that's why that's why ben and i overreact whatever whenever that thing comes out to play it's like oh nope nope we're done we're done (laughs) back to orbit oh my gosh freaking halo I like the speed of Destiny. I like the variety of Destiny. There's I a variety. Just go play Super Fiesta. There's tons of variety. It's so much. Yeah, variety. but I can't move. I can't. I'm so you slow in Halo. You can't. No, you can't. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that always gets me in Halo is I play Hunter, so I have a double jump. 
without fail, the first match I play in Halo after playing Destiny, I jump off the edge. Like, cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I can, I have, cause I, I, with the double jump, you can do the delayed, you know, hop uh-huh. and like, yeah. I'll be, I'll be running and I'll jump. And like, as I'm in the air, I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I'm like, I'm, it's one of those things where you're like halfway through and you're like, this is going to end badly. Like, this is just mm-hmm. not going to, I just have the image of like roadrunner running out over the cliff. That's very just, accurate. That's actually, and just shoom. Well, that is very accurate. Like, well, except it's not really as much of like a run straight. I do hop, but it's like right. I hop purposely like halfway. I don't know. I don't even know what. Like, it's just muscle memory. But literally, I'm like, <laughs> it's it's literally. You get halfway done, you're like, ah, oh, god. And Ben's like, you did it mm-hmm. again, didn't you? I'm like, shut mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Okay, so my number two moment in shadow keeps release actually has been it's kind of similar to what blue sa- was saying with toland but it's actually been the slowly get getting rid of Eris's like her haunts i i guess or phantoms the nightmares mhm mm-hmm. first with Saimoda and then with uh was it omar no it was vel uh, vel was this uh, last uh, week yeah, yeah vel, vel was Tarlo. last week yeah yeah, and just watching, it's it's basically the first mission of Dreaming City when we were able to talk to Petra about more things, mm-hmm. about what's going on, like being like, hear more. You get that option. Yes, thank you. I love that option. You, and then you watch this interaction between Eris and Saimoda where Sai is just like harping on her and like torturing her essentially and then able to help release that just feels like you're actually doing something nice for them. You're not just giving them a um, a physical or monetary thing. You're doing something to help alleviate some of their emotional stress and pain. And that felt really good. And then you get to hear process. more. Yeah. And you then you get to hear more about them and learn more about the history, which, by the way, bone to pick with every <laughs> person putting a YouTube video out on these stupid things. I forgot to record the Veltarlo one. Because I did it on PC with um, Cole. So I was like, okay, I'll just find a YouTube video. I went through five different YouTube videos of this moment and none of them, none of them care about lore. I'm like, why are you recording this if you're not capturing everything that you can get there? Like, go home. (laughs) I found it. I... So angry, so angry about it. <laughs> I, was that why you didn't finish it? <laughs> I was like, I'm yes. like, oh, I, I was like, oh, she must have gotten distracted. And I just went da, 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 and I finished it. I was like, oh, yeah, this is- no, no. Oh my god, I was so mad. I know <laughs> I have it now, Dino. Thank you. Wicked allowed me to record his last night. It's just. <sighs> I was so angry at all those YouTubers. <laughs> I was just like, why? I just love the, go you have home. The option. <laughs> yeah. You have the option. Why even try? Oh, oh my God. gosh. It's just, <laughs> you have to care about the story. Care about the story. Oh it even God. tells you to press X. Press it X. does. It's Eon. They were all PC players. I'm holding to it that PC players just don't care. Not kidding. No, I'm kidding. 
I know uh, a lot of you are PC players and yeah, you probably care about I got lore. I got grief from Baxter because I'm I've been collecting all the tolling quotes. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh hey Baxter, I've typed them up and he's like, Do you have the clips? I'm like, No, I don't have clips. Why would I need clips? I typed them. <laughs> and he's just like you just hear this like go away. Like I'm like yeah. I had screenshots, <laughs> but I deleted them once I transcribed them. I don't need them. I'm I'm the one typing them. I know that what he's like, You you are everything I detest right now. I was like eh, eh, You know fine. I had that. Don't use the information. Don't use the information. <laughs> yeah. I had that that conversation with him when D two dropped, and I was collecting all of the um, scannables. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. so mad because I didn't record any of them. <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was like you could just hear the. <sighs> it's like all right, fine. Well, that's like sitting there being like, "Hey, Dougie, you want a treat? You want a treat?" And then throwing the like. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yours. really, gonna... <laughs> really, really. <laughs> we don't need those stinking clips. Uh, okay, so. Brings us to number ones. What are your number one moments from this Shadow Keep release, in game or out? Either one. Wicked. Uh, my number one moment is kind of tied into both me being me talking with everyone else as far as me interacting with the community uh, because I've done. You guys know I RP is Toland to online uh, on Twitter and as Nezarek uh, online on Twitter and. For me, the lore release that's come out has sparked so much interest in what's been going on as far as the actual story and being able to see the lore easily presented, at least at face value, within the storyline and within the story missions and being, I guess, so much more accessible to those people who don't necessarily have the time to actually go and dig through the lore. Uh, For instance, Kelly had no idea uh, that... Hive can or that Hive could only be killed in their Ascendant realm or in their throne world. He did not know that. Had no clue because she is a run and shoot everything and get the loot. That's the kind of player that she is. And finding out about all this stuff, and she's always been learning this stuff secondhand from me, where I sit down and talk with her and explain things about Destiny War as best I can. Mm-hmm. And then for like Green, like you said, the missions where we're helping out Eris more, where she's actually talking about the Guardian getting to know these individuals, finding out that there's other named characters and that there's a history there and that there's friendship, it, it really gets you involved and really makes you want to delve in just a little bit more and just be like, you know what? Let me go to my collections and see what see what just popped open in my lore tab. Let me check that out. Um, especially the way they've been presenting it. Uh, I know there was more than a couple of my friends that I talked to that immediately messaged me this week or like, dude, what was up with the Veltarlo clip? That was crazy. What is it? Because and it's shocking. It, it, they are presenting this stuff in a way that is jarring enough to really make you interested in it. Because even so, there are probably some Destiny players out there that had absolutely no clue what it was when we came around that corner. They had a, they had no. Clue. I'm sure there were some new light players that came out and saw that, and immediately within. The first little part of that, as soon as we cleared up that first nightmare, we get a lore drop talking about what's potentially in that ship and the the war of the forces that's going on. And I think that the interest that and the way that they've approached incorporating the lore in the story has really been doing a good service to the community as far as people who have not been involved in the lore actually giving them reason to dig in just a little bit and put a little bit more effort into actually looking. So that was probably the 
largest summation of what I could say my favorite destiny moment uh, or my favorite shadow keep moment is, is just the impact that the lore so far has had in rejuvenating interest in the story of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that and with the latest book release that we have that some of us have two entries for, others have four. Um, yeah, that that's building on one of my own theories, and I'm more than giddy about it, as I'm sure you're aware of, Green. Oh, yeah, we've had multiple <laughs> chats about it. He may have messaged me at ungodly hours like somebody else used to <laughs> about <laughs> his theories. But, you uh, haven't done that in a while, and normally when you message me at 3 a.m., it's about the show stuff. That's fair. That's acceptable. But, yes. All right, blue. Number uh, one for you. Really, just I mean, kind of. I think, I think honestly, probably all of us are going to have similar number ones. Um, it's it's really the I mean the lore. Like it's it's again new stuff to dive into, uh, new stuff to tease apart. Um, as with most of the recent drops, it seems like there's a there's a significant portion. Uh, I know Shadowkeep is significantly larger, mostly because, or seems significantly larger because of the retouches on a lot of the old material. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, number one is like it's it's a furthering of the story. It's a clarification of some plot points. It's answers to questions, more questions in other areas. Uh, so yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm going to be. I'm so torn. I have two that are like my number ones and I can't decide between the two of them because one side of them is on the lore side. The other one is actually a post, a Reddit post that I saw seen about a week ago. Hmm. Yeah. Almost a week ago. And it just kind of dawned the realization of what they were talking about and seeing it in game from a meta perspective. And I think I'm actually going to go with that one. It's the, when the Vex Offensive released at the same time as the raid, we literally had Guardians not only going in on one portion of the Black Garden to attack what was going on there, but we had the community also mounting an offensive to give them kind of like cover, essentially. So we were having an actual in-world meta moment with the entire community. Because I... I didn't I still haven't gotten into the raid. Just haven't been able to find time just because work and everything. But I've been able to get into Vex Offensive because that, like Blue was saying earlier, is much shor- shorter and easier to get into. We were able to go in at the same time and have a, a massive meta moment with the community focusing and being able to help at the same time. So that's was definitely my number one like realization of hey this is cool because now they're thinking it's not just one team doing everything it's everybody's working together everybody's got a job in some way shape or form if you're not doing one thing you're doing the other it's it's kind of nice mm-hmm. yes okay so really, hmm? i was gonna say really really gave them a really interesting view on uh as far as like a battle on two fronts. Yes. Where, felt good. Yeah. And just being able to kind of involve the community and say, hey, look, yeah, we get it. Not everybody is a power grinder and not everybody's gonna go into the raid, but you can still you can still feel like you are part of this 
because this event is tied into, or as far as the story and everything else, this event is tied into supporting the team that's going in. So. Yep. All right. Do we have some also rants? I don't want to go too, too much terribly longer, but do we have some other things that you thought were really good that are notable that you'd like to point out? I'll go wicked. Uh, can I pass it? I'm trying yeah, to think of the right yeah, word. Okay. Totally. Okay. Blue, do you have something? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Short, sweet, and to the point. Uh, my uh, also rant is actually a moment that Dino and I were just talking about in chat. It's the realization that the writers wrote something specifically that your guardian knows, but your ghost may not. So when you come around the corner to the pyramid ship, you have two options as far as dialogue. You have dialogue, and it's not veteran and um, new D1 player dialogue necessarily. It is legit. You had to have done this in game in some fashion to have have this dialogue pop, which is a really interesting thing, a really interesting concept. So the dialogue that you get is basically... Your ghost, if you come around the corner and you've done two things, either have seen the Invitation of the Nines um, cutscenes type thing um, when we're going to learning about Drifter and uh, Orin. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can see it that way. Or if you've gone into Queen's Court and have seen the pyramid ships on Mara's table, that will proc a line saying that the ghost basically knows what this is. Like, that's not supposed to be here. But if you didn't do either of those two and still saw the vision, like you could still have seen the vision at the end of the Red War, but not have done the Queen's Court or the Invitations of the Nine, your ghost would not know what that is. The ghost has a line where he doesn't recognize what that is and freaks out in his own little way. So the writers, they have a moment where guardian knowledge and ghost knowledge is completely different. And your ghost does not know about the vision you got at the end of Red War. The one that well, actually, well, hmm? he knows he knows about the vision. He doesn't know what was in the vision. Correct. He knows you had one, but he doesn't know what's in it. There's no right. concept of that, which is a really cool idea to know that there are things that our ghost doesn't see. They're not so intri- intrinsically combined with mm-hmm. us that they know everything we know, and that's a good clarification. One of my it favorite means you moments. You can have secrets from your ghost. You can, but. But that is definitely mine. Wicked, did you figure out a way to say you're also Rand? I'm putting you on the spot, I know. Yeah, I, it's, it's fine. It's okay. Because I know probably one of the, one of the also Rands that I would bring up, if anything, is just because it's snarky me, me being able to sit there and tell everybody, ha ha ha, the song of life is the real thing. <laughs> Oh yeah, and <laughs> that was probably one of the most. But that was probably one of the best moments for me, just personally, being able to just sit there and be like, <laughs> "I know they were fan. I know they were little cabal fanboys, but they were still right." Chronicon. <laughs> this will be in a future episode, I guarantee it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we will talk about that concept and every how much the expansion has touched on it. Because <laughs> it's been quite a bit lately. But that wraps up our top three to, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, or to t- this morning, or this afternoon, or 
whenever, whenever you're listening to it, to this episode. Thank you guys for joining us. As always, remember, you can send us your suggestions for top three topics on Twitter, in Discord, or even email it to us at focusfirechat at gmail.com. This is Green Eye Music Lover, Blue Crew, and Wicked. And we will see you next time because you remember, everybody loves the list. Thank you.